Welcome to the Counselors of Real Estate Thought Leaders podcast series. In these episodes, you'll hear candid and compelling perspective from subject matter expert who not only represents diverse and novel thinking, but question prevailing thinking. I'm uh, Michelle Cuillard, Global Chair 2021 of the Counselors of Real Estate and President and CEO of Buzak Real Estate and Equities in Montreal, Canada. The Counselors is a distinguished international group of accomplished leaders within the real estate landscape solving the world's most complex real estate challenges. Experience, innovative, and credential problem solvers, Counselors practice in 20 countries and offer expertise in more than 50 real estate disciplines across all asset types and classes. Each has earned the prestigious CRE designation. Our guest for this episode is Anne Ambley, the CRE founder and CEO of First Service Solutions of Grapevine, Texas. Anne and her team have advocated on behalf of the commercial real estate owners in resolving more than $25 billion in CMBS loans, including more than 2,000 successful loan assumptions. Prior to First Service Solution, Anne led commercial real estate servicing for such firms as Nomura, Prudential, GE, and Bank of America. She is also author of the best-selling book, CMBS 911. Welcome, Anne. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So, Anne, let's uh, let's start with the basics here. Um, what, it would, what would you say the main differences are between a more conventional mortgage uh, that is contracted directly with a, with a lender and holds a loan in its balance sheet, like banks or pension funds or even some life codes, and a CMBS loan? Yeah, there's one really key distinction. When you have a bank loan or any kind of conventional financing, as you were mentioning, when you, uh, as an owner, go get that loan, you generally still will always have a relationship or a person to contact at that lending shop. So you can always call them up and ask questions and presumably resolve issues or you know just speak like you and I are today. If you've got a CMBS loan, that original originator that you got the loan from actually sells your loan and sells it to uh, bondholders on Wall Street. So if you as an owner now need something, uh, you need to speak to someone who's a decision maker about your loan, you can't because the ultimate decision maker is in the bond stack and you do have a servicer you're ultimately uh, assigned to that you will send payments to and all that, but they are not your lender. They're providing a service for the bondholders, you know, for a fee. So that's the big difference. There's no one decision maker to speak to in CMBS, which is the crux of what makes it frustrating for owners. And I guess uh, this service is uh, uh, a need for your your involvement in, in, in the company that you're leading now. And creating the link between actually, actually the borrowers and the servicers and trying to uh, negotiate something in terms of deferral. Did the CMBS borrowers get many or much uh, COVID relief? And if so, what kind of relief are you talking about here? Yeah. Um, and let me address your first point. Uh, I, I, when in leading, as you, you said, my resume prior, but leading servicing shops, at the time I was that credential servicing and I kept getting calls from owners that we were servicing 
that had CMBS debt in it. And you could tell over and over that it was, you know, so frustrating for owners. And so eventually I decided somebody needs to serve that missing link as a, as a relationship person to get owners through the CMBS maze. And so that, that is what I saw and created my company for in, in 2000. Well, sorry, not in 2000, going to give you the date, but when COVID-19 hit, so March of 2020, call it right. Um, immediately, and, and I'm going to use hotels kind of as a, a stark uh, example of what happened. So, so we had many borrowers and many owners who never missed a payment their entire you know life. They've they've always uh, just made their payments on time and so on. And so this was their very first experience with CMBS, uh, where you need relief, you know, or you need some kind of concession. <clears throat> so. Servicers did give concessions and did give relief, all right, for the most part. And that relief was in the form, though, of kicking the can down the road. And let me explain that. So, if I, uh, so borrowers got uh, basically three types of potential relief. One was where they used their reserve money to keep the payments current for up to a few months. So, that was just a band aid, barely a band aid on a hemorrhaging wound, but it, that some people took advantage of that. Second was the second type of relief was where your relief is more like six months in nature. So there was some relief, but again, it was deferred. It was kicked, the can was kicked down the road. So all that money still had to be paid, but you just had time to pay it. And then the third kind of relief, which was where what most hotels really needed is basically a year of uh, kicking the can down the road. So for a whole year, I didn't have to make my payment. Um, but and this is the key point, but starting in and the years up, right, starting in April 2021, you not only have to start making a full payment, you often have to start making two payments because you just deferred 12 of them to the next year, right? Well, hotels, again, using that as an example, I think most people believe they're on the upward hill, meaning they're going to recover. They're in the process of recovering, but they didn't all recover by April of 2021 enough to support two payments. And in fact, very few of them could support two payments even pre-COVID. So we've got a, a you know real issue kind of facing us here real, right now. So part of those relief um, options that you just described uh, I guess there wasn't that many term extension or, 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 or extending the term basically. So they're keeping the same term, but now that the time or of the, the timing of the relief is over or the, 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 the actual period, uh, they're gonna be facing uh, not only the initial payment, but who, whatever payment that was deferred during that period. So yes. obviously making it very difficult. What happens when those relief runs out, Anne? Well, that, that's the point. So some of these banks, you know, back to the difference between a bank and a CMBS servicer, the banks were offering in the beginning, I heard, you know, like three months of uh, relief to an owner. And what I, I believe I heard more often than not is they would add that three months to your payoff, to your principal balance. And at the end, when you sell the property or refinance, you pay it then. CMBS didn't, couldn't do that for the way it's structured. So you're right that all relief was in the form of just moving it out a, a bit. 
So I, I say to people, assume that you, first of all, it was your house payment you couldn't pay, you lost your job. And what happened is it would be like, okay, we're not going to make you pay a payment for a year, but starting next year, you got to pay double every month. Well, that that's so that's scary, right? I mean, some people are facing uh, immediately. In fact, I had many owners that we got this relief for that upon signing of the relief said, I know I can't make this payment at that point. I know I can't do that. So I'm signing this knowing good and well, I'm going to default uh, in you know 2021. Um, but the bottom line was that was all that was available. It was the only way CMBS would structure the relief. So what happens when the relief is up, which it is again, starting to be up, you know, starting in April, some got all the way through, you know, various times in 2021, almost all of them will be up. And at that point, you either have to, as an owner, plan on making, you know, the two payments, which, okay, that's painful, right? Or sell your property. I mean, you could always sell and have someone else take that over. Um, you could add preferred equity. And we're seeing this is where the distressed investing opportunities are right now is go in and provide a pre preferred equity for an owner that's in this situation where they need outside capital to help. Um, but other than that, we're not, we don't think the servicers are going to give more relief. So it's, you, you're fa facing a, a real, the need to have a real resolution. And you, you did ask the question sort of earlier that, you know, they were not modifying the terms. You're exactly right. They were simply saying, okay. In fact, they're called forbearance agreements that they entered yeah. into because they're simply forbearing from right. exercising their rights, right? It wasn't a modification. So we're, it's all facing us right now, unfortunately. Mm. Mm. And one other thing also, I would imagine that played a played in there during at least the, the, um, that relief period was the, I guess one of the strange things during the pandemic and the mass, it was a massive government financial support and stimulus program out there. And transaction opportunities have been slow, slower than expected if you compare it to the great financial crisis back in 08, 09. But when do you think we're gonna start seeing more distressed opportunities in the marketplace? You, you just mentioned it's gonna start soon in 2021 and probably you will see that depending on the asset classes, I guess. Um, but could you be yeah. more specific a bit, Anne? When, when do you expect sure. to see more opportunities? Well, and you hit the nail on the head that it does depend on the class, on the, uh, the property type. I I, um, I tend to lump them all together when I'm talking, but it's very if if you own industrial, yeah. you know, you're probably fine. <laughs> and if you own multifamily, for the most part, I think those probably I don't know I, I I haven't seen a lot of those distressed. If you own retail, let's talk about that opportunity here uh, in just a second because retail's probably been next. Office, I'm not sure of, and I you, I don't know about you, but I hear mixed uh, opinions yeah. about whether or not, you know, we're gonna decrease our office need overall or not, I don't know. I don't think any of us know, so office, I'm not sure. Big, big one is hotels. So no question, every hospitality deal across the nation, I think without exception, suffered during 2020, some way, somehow, yeah. right? Some horribly so. No question. Yeah, so let's take them in that order. So hospitality, the, the opportunities are starting to emerge right now on hospitality deals. Um, they first and foremost, I think uh, there's, a, there's a lot of people who are in the distressed 
investment space who are saying I'll provide preferred equity to an owner. So you would in that case be, you know, keeping the same operator, owner operator in, um, you just be providing preferred equity, you get a good return, you have great security, because most of these are not highly leveraged. They, they were great. They just got hit with COVID. So there's great opportunity for preferred equity investment. We're seeing that a lot. There's also times where an owner says at the time their relief is up, they say, you know, I'm, I don't really want to own this anymore. I'm kind of tired. I'm exhausted. I've been carrying it for a while. And some of those are even where it was barely hanging on pre-COVID. Those, there are opportunities to step in and buy. If you're a distressed buyer, there are those opportunities. You are not seeing a lot of them yet coming for sale through the special servicers in CMBS because that requires that they foreclose on it, take title, stabilize it, and then sell it. We're looking at probably 2022 before you're going to see, I think, a lot of REO sales through through the CMBS you know, special servicers. Because they, they, they have time, they have to foreclose, own it, and they're not, they hadn't really been actively foreclosing during COVID. I think there was too much headline risk, if you will, to actively, aggressively take people's property during COVID. So, so that's yeah. hospitality. It's here, it's now, it's going to be in different forms, but it's here. Um, mm -hmm. Retail, I, you know, I, I think there's probably smarter people in CRE on this than me because I don't live in these individual property asset types. I, I handle the debt for CMBS, but I think retail will probably be our next big investment opportunities. There will be, you know, I think COVID accelerated. I think everyone agrees with that. Accelerated kind of where retail was going anyway. So at some point in the near future, we will probably see more retail opportunities for buying distressed deals and and then who knows what you do with it I, I again i'm not even possibly up on what we're going to do with all this these malls and retail centers across the nation when we all buy online right i don't know but so so retail and, and then office i think could be the next one where there will be something or not and who knows and then i would say the other two types you know multifamily, industrial if i were a distressed industrial buyer right now i, I think i would have a long 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 wait you know hmm. Looking at it on the on the lender uh, and a CMBS perspective, um, in their workouts, are you seeing more uh, pricing stability and a greater liquidity or availability for CMBS offering right now? Or yeah, there is actually a lot of capital, I mean, right? This is so. Yeah, there is a lot more capital, and I'm. Uh, I it's interesting because I went to a first online. I'm sorry, first in person conference two weeks ago, the Hunter Hotel conference. Great. Very well attended. Very great. Um, yeah, it was really nice to be back at a conference and you know see people in person. Although I did notice the crowd had gotten a lot. <laughs> you know, when you go to those conferences and everyone's a. Uh, got dark hair and just got out of college. Right. So anyway, it made me feel really old. But, but beside that, I, I, everybody there was super optimistic, excited, anxious, uh, loving the fact that there's a lot of capital. There was a lot of positive energy. And I think that, and I, and of course here I am carrying around this 
thought of, yeah, but what are you going to do when your COVID relief is up, right? <laughs> um, but I think there's a lot of capital out there. That's that's the, the and that and people are now just like we've seen on the news with travel peaking up and things. It's like we've all waited so long. We're all tired of you know all the ugh, all the downside of everything. That uh, I think we're all ready to be positive and out on the road and having fun again. And so lots of capital. So mm-hmm. there should be no reason somebody can't find uh, financing unless, you know, they're highly leveraged or something. But yeah, yeah. oh, I agree, and I, I think uh, capital markets, both on the equity and the debt side, there's so much capital out there. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately, this is all the time we have. It's been so informative, and thank you thank so you. much. Thank and, you again uh, for, for having me. Appreciate but it. it. It benefits us all to, to better understand the changes CMBS servicers are making, considering the, uh, the impact of COVID on commercial real estate. Of course, the general decline in property valuation is one of the drivers of these changes, uh, which affects virtually every owners of CMBS debt. And there's many of them, as you well said. Well, join us next time for another episode of the CRE Thought Leaders podcast. I'm Michelle Cuillard on behalf of the Councilors of Real Estate. Thank you for joining us. And again, thank you so much, Annie.